Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I am Matt. I'm Dory. Dory's worried that she sounds bad. I have have yucky mouth. Dry mouth. Yeah. Probably because you just went on a hike with Bo in the desert, in the the dry country. I know, but I just chugged like a gallon of water. Okay. I mean, it was a glass and a half. You're not going to die from a gallon of water, honey. No, I didn't say I was going to die. I just don't want our listeners to be like, ew, Dory sounds disgusting. Well, if you think Dory sounds disgusting but still want to leave a five-star review you can do so at apple Podcasts. leave a review there helps us out a lot our facebook group going strong facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure and of course our website is excellentadventure.com. we also have a patreon page if you're not getting enough of us then quite frankly i don't know why dory's playing with this thing that now is making noise i'm not playing with it it was just tangled and i i couldn't move right oh boy 
Sorry, everyone. I'm not podcasting well today. Uh, if you want to hear more of this excellent podcasting, you can head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash excellent event. For $5 a month, you will get yourself a bonus episode at a half hour in length. And if you donate $10, you find it in your heart and you're able to donate $10 a month through our Patreon page. You'll get two half hour bonus episodes. Uh, first of the month is coming up, everybody. So they'll charge you on the first of the month. If you sign up today, you're hearing this probably on Monday. If you're like really into this podcast, you're hearing it Sunday night. If you sign up, a uh, short month, so the 28th is going to roll in at Wednesday, and then you'll, boom, you'll have access to our entire back catalog on Thursday, so you'll get a hell of a lot of bang for your buck there. Uh, you can email us, our Twitter's ExcellentPod. You want to email us, you can do so at DoriaMatt at Gmail or Matt and Doria Gmail, and our phone number is 413-461-BABY if you want to leave a voicemail. Now... There's a DC meetup planned. We've talked about it before. We're going to talk about it again until it happens. It's Sunday, March 11th at 3 p.m. at the Emissary Coffee House in DuPont Circle. You can RSVP for this at uh, dcegheads.eventbrite.com. That is an HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash. Uh, we're going to have it in the show notes, too, in case you don't feel like typing right now. Now... For those of you who are wondering um, what is happening on today's show, we have an interview, Dory did, of uh, Maya Grobel and Noah Mishkin, who made a documentary about the... Moskin. Uh, Noah Moskin. Why did I say Mishkin? I don't know. That is bananas misreading by me. <laughs> and in no way. Anyway, Noah Moskin. I was like, uh, I don't think that's his name. You know, I spent a lot of the last couple of days talking about James Bond, and there's a lot of uh, Russian generals. Oh, sure. Mishkin probably is one of them. Okay. Uh, anyway, Maya and Noah made a documentary about their infertility journey called One Last Shot. It's available on Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, and Vimeo. It's also available on their website, which is onemoreshotfilm.com. Wait, did I say it was called One Last Shot? called one more shot uh, that makes sense uh dory is doing great today sorry everyone i am everybody the documentary is called one more shot available on netflix itunes amazon and vimeo and on their website i don't think it's available on their website i think you can just you can just go to their website for more information did i say it was available on their website <sighs> what is happening <laughs> the sentence structure here is <laughs> anyway forget it uh guys anyway that's coming gonna up hear later from in the them. show you're gonna hear from them dory interviewed them about their uh, journey and uh why they decided to make a doc about it it's a great doc by the way one more shot okay so update from us matt you've been going to acupuncture uh yeah i'm two two punctures in how is it going for actually, you actually way more than two punctures a lot of punctures a lot of punctures like, I, I would wager I had about 25 needles in me on Saturday. Sounds about right. Uh, one of them hurt a lot. Which one? Uh, one on the, on the left foot. Did left, you tell left her? Left ankle. Did you tell her? No. You should tell her when it hurts. Well, just the, the, the prick hurt. But then did it hurt? Did no, it, it was okay. fine. Um, so that's going Okay. I don't know. What am I supposed to say about it? I, I'm just curious. You know, you you resisted it for so long, and and now you're now you're going, and you're sort of like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's my attitude towards it. Is okay, right? So, I probably don't talk enough for her. 
tastes. She seems to know a lot of information about us, which I'm assuming is from a very uh, verbose wife. Who? Me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, but it was early last time. I was very tired. Yeah. So. You can't be expected to talk too much at 8 a.m. Uh... Yeah, so that's that's next Saturday. Um, my next appointment, rather, is next Saturday. It's been going okay. Um, we got a little kickback from CFP, thanks to our uh, round of IVF that uh, produced uh, no less than zero viable embryos, uh, up to and including not as many mature eggs as we thought we were going to get. And some sperm troubles I tried to forewarn everyone about. Anyway, they gave us a little kickback. So that felt good. Um, Everybody, buckle up. Dory's unemployed. Yep. My last day of work was Friday. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm two days into unemployment. So if you want to follow our Patreon page, you can do so. (laughs) Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Um... It's going to be an interesting three months. Yep. Uh, Dory's last day of work was Friday, and uh, my last day of work uh, before hiatus is uh, this coming Friday. So there's going to be three months of like, what is happening? What am I doing? But what usually happens in these situations is you freak out and Uh panic, Mm -hmm. and you send out like a million feelers. Yep. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then you end up with a gajillion jobs. Yes. And you panic again because you have too much work. Right. It is a cycle that is longer than an IVF cycle. <laughs> so, Dory, do you care to tell anyone about your decision to uh, leave? Well, we talked about it last week. Your decision to leave? No, we didn't. BuzzFeed? On this? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got it. In fact, we got an email about it. I don't remember talking about this last week we got an email thanking me for talking about it because someone was like was inspired to quit her job because i talked about it guys (laughs) that wasn't on this podcast i don't know what podcast it was on it was on i literally i don't even honestly i have weirdly have no memory of recording last week's podcast and i have no idea when we did it i think we did it in the morning what day sunday I don't know. My brain's a little mushy. Yeah, I see that. We're both on real. <laughs> we're doing. We're we're on fumes. This is my unemployed brain. Yeah. Um. So hiatus is coming. Uh, it was a lovely season of the Goldbergs. We're almost done over there. Uh, thankful, of course, to Adam F. Goldberg, our showrunner, who uh, was kind enough to be kind about uh, all of the IVF appointments. Yeah, that that was that and, was major. Uh, huge, uh, huge props to him. Even though he never has listened to this, but someone listens to this that talks to him. So whoever you are, thank tell you. him I said thanks. <laughs> I was gonna say I think he has friends who listen to this. There's some people at his uh, kids' school that are uh, listeners, and if that's you, head over, say hey, Matt said thanks on the podcast. <laughs> You're. A, you're a good boss about this IVF things. Yeah. Um, now, what else is happening? I haven't quit smoking yet. Uh, we all know last week we talked about it. We agreed that uh, I would make the concerted effort after my uh, 
yearly hiatus trip to Las Vegas. Really, it's like one of five trips to Las Vegas. Mm. That ends up happening over hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be back in New York in a week. Yep. So we'll see about that. Um, no word yet on season dose of After Trek, but, uh, you know, I feel like why not? Oh, I'm going to be at South by Southwest. Dory, you should tell people about that. Yeah, so I'm going to be at South by Southwest. I'm I'm not I'm not going to be in town for that long, so and I, I unfortunately don't have time to do another official Egghead meetup. But if you guys want to come to my panel and you have a South by Southwest badge, you should come. It is on Tuesday, March 13th at 5 p.m. and oh, we changed the name of it. It's called something like Women in Venture Capital. Um. But if you search, Wivg. if you search my name, like on the South by program website, you'll find the panel. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll see you around Austin. I hope you do, everyone. I hope you see Dory around Austin. Uh, and if I'm in New York at that time, I hope you see me around New York. Oh, and I have another thing to plug. Let's hear it. My paperback comes out April 3rd. Oh, my God. Guys, Start up a novel. The paperback if you're, by Dory Shafrir. If you're If you're in the market for a paperback... And you want to support Dory's unemployed life. Please. Please do so by purchasing Startup a Novel, a paperback by Dory. Um, And I found out recently that it's going to be in Target. Yeah, it'll be in some of the Targets. So if you see it at Target and you're like, you know what? Today's the day. Yeah. Also, if you see it in Target, send me a picture. She'd like to see it in Target. Yeah. We have... uh, Actually, I'd like to just see it anywhere. If you see it in in an independent bookstore, if you see it in Barnes & Noble, if you see someone reading it. Send me a picture. I love that shit. Yeah. Also, if you're reading it, send me a picture. If you want to put it next to your dog, we enjoy those. Oh pictures my god, the most. those might be my favorite yeah. pictures. <laughs> a lot of dog talk this weekend. Uh, we were at a party last night for Dory's friend Rachel, who celebrated a birthday, and uh, I was talking to a lot of people about their dogs. Yeah, it was a dog. It was a dog heavy party. You know, Rachel has a. They have a dog too. Remember their dog? Yeah. Where was the dog? I assume the dog was somewhere else. No. Oh. Parties, uh, parties and dogs met generally a lot of, don't mix. Met a lot of mats. There were a lot of mats at that party. Met a lot of mats at the party. Uh, my favorite mat also suffers from anxiety. And uh, his wife uh, seems like a delight. She emailed me. She wants to do this, the ritual. We're going to do it. We're going to do gonna some gonna sort do of it. ritual. She's into... Amelia, if you're listening, we're doing it. She's into some, uh, some fun books lately. And uh, going to take us along for the ride a bit. So, buckle up, everybody. Now... On with the uh, regular scheduled program of this program. Again, Dory is unemployed. That is patreon.com <laughs> forward slash excellent adventure. <sighs> uh, oh, we went to our accountant today and uh, we forgot to add up our medical expenses like real dum dumps. So yeah. we're going to do that. And you know what? Maybe if you're all lucky, we'll give you a grand total on the next episode. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have an email, and uh, Dory, it seems like it's uh, up your alley. Oh, yeah? Would you like to read it? Sure. How do you feel about your voice so far? I'm feeling better about it. Great. Are Sounds you feeling good. better about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. I'm just like... All right. <laughs> this is... Fr- I, I, need, I need more moisture. It's dry. I mean, it's dry in the house. It is so dry. My hair has been a disaster. Staticky. I had to go to a dry bar last night before the party because I was like, I don't think I can even do my own hair. Again, that's 
patreon.com <laughs> forward slash excellent adventure. All right. This is from Michelle. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Just a quick email to thank you for your... Oh, hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. So sh- it's this It's this podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not my other podcast, okay. Forever 35. Okay. Which you can listen to on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, if you're not listening to Forever 35, Dory does a great podcast with Kate Spencer. If you're uh, into like self-care and you want to know how to... How to keep that skin smooth and silky. Yeah. And you just want to feel okay about being nice to yourself, which as listeners of this podcast know is something that I feel very strongly about, especially when you're going through IVF. You have to be nice to yourself because the world is not nice to you when you're going through IVF. Uh, So again, Dory's unemployed. That is forever 35. Hit the subscribe button. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, so this is from Michelle. Hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. Just a quick email to thank you for your most recent episode where Dory discussed her decision to leave BuzzFeed. I was listening on my way to work and it really clarified some things for me. Long story short, I quit my job of four years that day. Oh my God. What are we doing? (laughs) Uh, It had been a long time coming. The job has been making me miserable and exacerbating my anxiety for years, but hearing you gave me that final push I needed to see it through. I'm a bit scared, but really needed to make a drastic change. So I quit, went home, and put on a sheet mask. Thank you, Forever 35. Oh, my God. (laughs) And ate Easter eggs in the bath. (laughs) Hashtag self-care. Oh, my God, Michelle. You uh, are. Michelle, when you say you ate Easter eggs, do you mean you like ate hard-boiled colored eggs? Or do you mean like I bet she means Easter Cadbury eggs. Because if she means hard-boiled eggs, that is a weird way to celebrate a bath. Anyway, just wanted to say thank you for that. Also, I listened to all my podcasts on 1.5x speed. I first heard of your podcast when Matt was a guest on Gilmore Guys. And as you know, those episodes could sometimes go over the five-hour mark. We've done that, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) As I podcast on my commute, it would sometimes take a week to listen to one episode. Yeah, I think their first one uh, about the the new Netflix uh, episodes, I think their first one was five hours. That one also took me a week to listen to. That is insane. Kevin uh, Porter, by the way, uh, was the guest on last week's James Bonding episode, Kevin of the Gilmore Guys. I want to get Demi on as well, but uh, Kevin was a guest, and if you... Don't like James Bond, but you enjoy podcasts, I would say listen to that episode because Matt, Kevin, and I have thousands of hours of podcasting between us, and we go way inside baseball on podcasts. So if you want to like know the ins and outs of how our brains deal with podcasting. That sounds a little scary. That's the way to check it out. We, don't, we, we talk about James Bond for maybe 14 of the minutes of the two hours. <laughs> Um, so I got into the habit of listening on 1.5 speed. Don't worry. You guys sound great fast. Lots of love from Australia. Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. And good luck in your new life. It's amazing. Way to go. Everybody. Way to go. If you're, if you've thought of quitting this job because of something my wife said, think about it again. <laughs> That's patreon.com. <laughs> Forward slash excellent adventure. Um, all right. Should I read this next one from anonymous? Sure. Okay. I found your podcast back in October when I was on FMLA after serving as a surrogate slash giving birth for close male friends of mine. Oh, that's interesting. I especially enjoyed the My Two Dads episodes since I had just gone through that process on the other side. Our situation was a little different as I was a, quote, true surrogate. I was also the egg donor, so I was genetically connected to the pregnancy. And I'm close friends with the couple. 
I've been friends with one of them since elementary school, so we weren't working through an agency, although we did have separate legal counsel for every step. Mm-hmm. Rather than financial compensation, in exchange for serving as their surrogate, they will be the donors for me and my partner. I am also gay. That's like quite a even Stephen trade. I minus the fact that you're carrying this child. Love this. <laughs> We all entered into this interested in a known donor situation as we want to make sure our children have whatever relationship they might desire as they grow up with their donor donors and diblings, mm-hmm. donor siblings. While we chose this arrangement, I certainly respect the decisions other parents and donors make that may protect anonymity as well. I'm writing today because I wanted to share my perspective on the situation another listener wrote in about regarding embryo donation mentioned on your latest podcast. First, though, I want to say that I think what parents choose to disclose regarding the details regarding conception, including donor identities, should be entirely up to the parents to decide. So it is out of line, I think, for the clinic to tell them they have to allow contact with the donors in the case of embryo donation. That said, I've done a lot of reading and given a lot of thought to the perspective of the donor conceived and how it relates to bodily autonomy and the right to information about one's own biology Mm. and think that that think that is likely the perspective the clinic is coming from the ethics committee of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine has somewhat recently published an opinion on this too. And while it asserts that it should be the decision of the intended parents, as far as what to share with their children, it also details some considerations. I thought other listeners might be interested in if they would want to look it up slash read it themselves. Um, and that's on ASRM.org, And it's called informing offspring of their conception by gamete or embryo donation. Like I said, I don't think it's the clinic's place to require parents to disclose these details to the resulting children, but based on some of what I've read, I think it may become more common for clinics, fertility clinics, or sperm banks to begin moving away from anonymous donation by requiring the donors to be open to disclosure, especially given that with the rise of mail-order DNA analyses, anonymity is no longer a guarantee. There are many articles out there on this, but there are no more secrets in sperm donation Mm, from the cut was an interesting read. My partner and I have a lot of discussion have had a lot of discussions on this as well. I have with my friends who will be our donors since we will eventually have to decide what to do with what is left of our unused embryos and we all four have conflicting feelings between how we feel about donating our embryos, the unreliability of anonymity and the perspective of the donor conceived kids should they later find out the details of their conception. It's quite a lot to consider I think and given we're pretty early on as it is, I'm glad we have a lot of time before we make any decisions. Anyway, thank you very much for your podcast and the community you are building through your listeners. While I sometimes feel like it isn't my place to join conversations about infertility, since the issue isn't so much my actual fertility as it is a fact of the nature of my relationship, I'm grateful for a place where I can join in on conversations about IVF, IUI, and all the, all the other not exclusively P and V ways we're trying to create our families. I really wish I'd found you earlier on when I was going through hormone shots and daily blood draws and all the other steps of egg retrieval, FET, et cetera, where you wish you could talk to someone who just gets it, mm. sending good vibes your way, anonymous. Uh, that, I think that's, you know, if you know anybody who's maybe going through IVF and they maybe they don't listen to the podcast, I think it's good to say, hey, you, know you could subscribe to this. You know what's like. interesting? Yeah. I was talking to another woman at this party last night yes. um, who was going through IVF and mm-hmm. she said she hasn't been able to bring herself to listen to the podcast yet because 
you know, she feels it's it's been a long, difficult road for her. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, yeah, that's totally fine. But she was like, but I have to thank you because I have friends who listen to it and they are not going through IVF, but I think it's made them much more empathetic, sympathetic, able to talk to me about it in a way that's not horrible. Yeah. Um, so she was like grateful for that. And I was talking to her husband last night and it was literally the first time he talked about it yeah. to someone else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're out there, everybody. If you need to invite us to your parties to mingle yeah. uh, with people who are going through IVF. You can pretend we're friends and then we'll just be like, hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're out there for people. And uh, thank you to Anonymous for sharing that story. Quite an interesting perspective. Yeah, that is a really interesting perspective. I am interested in it. Oh, Dory's hitting a lot of buttons. I think it's time for a voicemail. Ready for that voicemail? I'm ready. Are yeah. you ready? I hope so. Okay. Hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. My name is Ron from South Louisiana. I was calling in... With regards to your latest episode, uh, I've lost count of numbers. I've been listening since day one. I actually voted in the poll to name <laughs> your podcast Excellent Adventure. Wow. Oh, Big fan of Matt, now a fan of Dory. And I am not in the IVF vote. Uh, I'm just a fan of podcasts in general, and especially couples who have witty banter back and forth and seem to love each other a lot. Uh, my wife and I have... Uh, not had any problems with fertility, thank God, knock on wood. But I was calling in with regards to the young lady who called in and, or I'm sorry, wrote in and said that she was outraged with her OB in the San Francisco area and just wanted to say it is definitely not just the San Francisco area. When my wife and I were first married uh, 50 years ago, we had started trying immediately because we wanted a family. And her OB, who was her mom's OB and just used him as default, was very old school and told her, oh, you're too young. She was 18 at the time. You cannot have any problems. There is no way there's anything wrong with you. Even though you've been trying for a year, and, and nothing has happened. So she said, uh, forget you, goodbye, and found a new OB who went in, said, okay, yes, you have valid concerns. I understand. Let's see what we can do. Hmm. So long story short, after some meds, exploratory surgery, we were pregnant about a month after surgery with our first of now eight. Holy so, shit. Whoa. There is hope. Keep on plugging away. If you don't feel like <laughs> your doctor's right, please move. By all means. I know you said it before. You've done it, Dory, and I appreciate it. Also, side note, your um, gynecologist ambulance, that could not be one. Because if I'm not mistaken, a gynecologist ambulance goes, hoo, ha, hoo, ha, hoo, ha. <laughs> not we, you, we, you, like you heard the background. Uh, so, love the show. Keep on plugging along, and thanks for everything. You're very welcome. It wow. Sounded, it sounded, to me, it sounded like you were catching and uh, dragging alligators onto the bed of a truck. That's what it sounded like you were doing. Well, he's in Louisiana. Uh, eight kids. Holy crap. 
Way to go, bud. It sounds like they got married super young. You get started when you get started. You know? I guess that's true. Seems there. It seems to be working out. Sure does. Uh, otherwise, it probably would have stopped after one. Uh, yeah, good point. Uh, also, a lot of people wrote in on Twitter, a few people, to call the uh, gynecology ambulance the strike zone strike force. And I felt <laughs> stupid for not having thought of that. So... Thank you to everyone who suggested Strike Zone, Strike Force. That's the perfect name for that ambulance of angry gynecologists. Wow. Hoo-ha, hoo-ha, Strike Zone, Strike Force. I mean, come on. It's perfect. It writes itself. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, all right, honey. Uh, why don't you say... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a... Just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. 
I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. It's just about time to hear the interview. Yep, of Maya and Noah. Would you like to set it up a little bit before we toss over to it? Sure. So they um, they started chronicling their infertility journey in 2012. Um, and I don't want to give too much away, but they really go from start to finish. Um, it's a great film. It, it will hit very close to home if you've been going through this yourselves. And if you haven't been... Um, you'll you'll if you've been listening to this podcast you'll you'll recognize a lot of the stuff we talk about yeah um i thought it was a, i thought it was very well done and um i really enjoyed talking to maya and noah so here it is here they you are. can hear dory talking to maya and noah right now so i have here today an amazing couple maya grabel and noah moskin who made a documentary called one more shot about their infertility journey <laughs> um, sure. and sure yeah it's available on netflix and itunes and all the other stuff all the other amazon and vimeo and all the places um and yeah welcome you guys thank you thank you for having us yeah so i wanted to just kind of start by if you guys could give kind of the the rundown of what the film is and why you decided to make it. Um, that would be great. Well, the film is, uh, <laughs> it's a feature length documentary, um, which sounds super sexy. I know. Um, but, uh, basically it chronicles our yeah journey through infertility and, um, all the way up to having a baby. I hope I didn't give anything away. You just did uh, give just gave, all of it away. It's uh, all away now. But uh, yeah, I mean, several years of uh, trying to start a family and yeah. make a baby and being unsuccessful with that. And we decided, well, as stressful as that is, let's also try to turn it into a movie. And um, started off as just being like a little, we were just going to do it as a short. Okay. Um, because we thought, hey, we'll do IVF and IVF's easy, right? And, right. Um, and it wasn't and it isn't so uh but we just kept recording and recording and recording and yeah. so years years go by and you've got a couple hundred hours of footage yeah and we're like all right well let's let's turn this into something real that's yeah. kind of like us like we were like our podcast will be a limited series <laughs> three <laughs> episodes forever exactly. it'll just be a few episodes um, um yeah and i think also we you know we, we interview other people yeah. in the film who've created their family in different ways so i think like while this started out as our like little home video project yeah that we, yeah and we really didn't know what our intent i mean we we met at in college at yeah. Berkeley in a film class and like we just sort of like document like that's what we uh-huh. did and so it seemed like natural for us to do right. that so we just started doing that and then as like our lives started to fall deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into this abyss of all of it um we realized like a we really needed to learn more about how people make families when the old-fashioned way doesn't work yeah because that's hopeful (laughs) and you know and that people sort of survive this and figure it out and what does donor this mean and what does you know how does adoption work and you know and all these kinds of things so and we also really felt like 
it's kind of BS that nobody talks about this mm-hmm. or that I'm supposed to feel ashamed or embarrassed yeah. or, you know, and so I was like, wait a minute. And so I think, you know, he's, his roots are in, in film and TV and mine are in social work. And I think when you sort of smash that together, you get our our film, you know, and so yeah. we do interview different people and we do learn. And, and I think that really helped me in the process go like, oh, okay, you can get eggs somewhere else when you don't have right. eggs and that is normal, you know, but there's a process where it doesn't start out as normal. Yeah. It starts out as like, holy shit, how much does that cost? And yeah. wait, what does that mean? And yeah. what, you know, what does that mean about myself and about my kid and, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, so I think that the journey, so as like I said, life started to fall apart. It kind of yeah. felt like, well, there's there are ways to to connect to other people and to tell a story that is the story. It's our our story is just a version of you right. know, the story of seven point three million Americans and millions more around the world. That right, you just, you just don't hear the story. So, um, yeah, that's kind of I guess that's the why. I mean, you guys, there's some really intimate <laughs> moments. <laughs> That's generous. In the, yeah. in the film. Um, nice I'm thinking of one in the bathroom in mm-hmm. particular. Um, you can really jump on yeah. that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's intimate. Um, the, the second half of that scene was even more intimate. I was like, you guys, please. Yeah, no, I, I appreciated that. As a viewer, <laughs> I appreciated that. Um, was there ever a point where you were like, Oh no, like we've just this is too much. This is too personal. I don't think so. I think um like once we were in it, we were a hundred percent in it. And yeah. I could you know, I say that because I was the one that was behind the camera most of the time. <laughs> right. And I you know, we would have these pretty um intimate moments or, you know, the arguments or the you know, two hours of crying. Yeah. That you know, the hardest part with that was being like, okay, we're having an argument and things are falling apart. And we're trying to figure out like how we're going to find money to do our next round of whatever. Yeah. Hold on real quick. I'm going to go get the camera and the mic and I want you to say what you just said. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. taking those really tough moments, whether they're things you feel like sharing or not. It was like once we decided we're doing this movie, it's like I want to, I want to have everything there because this yeah. wasn't about being you know, slick with the story or anything. It was right. showing like how gnarly this is and how rough this is. So let's show all of it. Um, I guess I was just glad we had an editor who could pull me back and say, like, right. no, we don't need that part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's sort of like once we decided that it was going to, it was very real. I mean, sure. Yeah. There are moments where I look back and I'm like, oh, a little makeup or pants <laughs> like wouldn't have hurt the situation, but right. we would, we'd be like, like I can't buy you say that. I'm like get the camera, right? <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. So that um, because that's that's what is real, and I think that's what people can relate to. It's ugly. Like this, yeah. This is not. These are not our proudest moments, you know. But I kind of felt like, you know, you, you watch it back and be like, God, that was a bitchy moment. But I'm also jacked up on hormones. Yeah. My skin is freaking out, yeah. and that's what it looks like. And you know, if if it did, if it was kind of glamorous, then I don't think it would connect with people because right you know relationships do suffer and um yeah i mean it was just a lot of intense moment the only moment i think about that i regret not having it you weren't there but um 
there was a moment where we did another tra- we did more transfers than actually were shown because um, okay. we had like one I don't know funky late developing embryo that the doctor's like we'll just throw that in there yeah, and see yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. day six whatever but when we found out that that last we called it the Lone Ranger didn't mm-hmm. work I was with my parents and I didn't have I had just like the still um, camera and my dad just started crying oh, and so like my mom like I'm sitting between my parents it was, it was hot I remember my mom was wearing shorts and I was sort of like why is my mom wearing shorts like it was like this weird moment and my dad just started breaking down and and I had the camera and I started to like turn it on try to fit and then I was like uh that's the only moment I feel really? like I missed yeah, yeah. but you guys got a lot. But we got, got a, lot, a lot, so it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, got a lot of rough, <laughs> totally. rough moments. But it shows how emotional it is for like a whole family in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. Too. What has your family's response to the film been? Um, I mean, like, well, we showed uh, the film was shown at a festival in, uh, in my hometown on Bainbridge Island outside uh-huh. of Seattle. And so my parents went, and I was kind of half hoping that my dad would have to speak about it. <laughs> um, you know, my... Like Maya's parents are local, so yeah. they're obviously like in it, right, in right, the movie right, and stuff. You know, my I think my parents, um, you know, they had a they had a rough time with it. Mm. You know, I think initially because um, my family's kind of private, mm. it was like, why, you know, do you need to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, once I think they saw what we wanted it to be, yeah, definitely once. Um, we started getting reactions from it and people saying like, Oh, that that's like my story or, you know, it's yeah. like when they see that it helps people, yeah. I think that definitely, um, not that they weren't behind the project, but like, I think they got it a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, their initial reaction, they're obviously, they were very supportive, but their initial reactions was like, why are we, <laughs> right. Why do you feel the need to, uh, you know, show an anima yeah. in a movie? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, now you just really gave us <laughs> People are heading to Netflix example, right sorry. now going, God, to see that. And I guess with my family, I mean, my family was just such a part. It, it took my family to sort of make our family, essentially. Yeah. And so my parents are, are in the film and... um and they're just great and it just breaks my heart when I meet people or I have you know I, I work now I'm, I'm a therapist in this in this field and I meet people who are like oh my mom doesn't know and they I haven't told you know my parents or I can't you mm. know and I just like it breaks my heart because my parents were such an important piece involved, of all yeah. of them. They were really involved I mean they knew every step of the way everything you know so yeah I, I think it's and then your sister donated eggs yeah my sister gave a little piece of herself which was yeah. an incredible gift and um yeah feels like a long time ago now but it does i think it's a lot for families and i think the hardest part for us was like you know you get your family involved a little bit and yeah. then once they're in they're in and so like to you know, to Maya's point of like talking to people who are like, well, I, I could, you know, some people's parents don't even know. And yeah. it's like, I get that that's a big hump to get over yeah. to involve yeah. your family and involve your close friends. But, you know, for us, I think once, once you do, it's, be- it's very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And it's because 
it's really fucking tough to go through this with like two people. Yeah. You know, so if you yeah. can if you can get other people to sort of displace the, yeah. the stress and like spread that out over yeah. some family members. So I can scream like, at my dad, I can scream at my mom. I don't have to take all the screaming. <laughs> yeah. She can scream at other people. Yeah. I mean, it's funny before we uh, started recording, you were saying that Matt and I seem calm about mm-hmm. kind of what's been going on. And I think actually that's part of it. Like we're able mm-hmm. to sort of diffuse some of it because we're talking to thousands of people every week yeah. and we're yeah. hearing from people. Um, and both kind of thanking us for like creating this community, but also like telling us their own stories. Yeah. And it really right. like puts things in perspective um, sort of constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how has that been for you guys? I mean, do you feel like a community has kind of emerged around the film and how is that, how is how, that working for you? I mean, just the, the feedback from, yeah, since it's been out, especially since it's been out on Netflix, um, whether it's Facebook messages or emails or whatever. I mean, yeah. like, you guys get those all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. So it's great to have those those people write in and be like, look, you're telling my story in a way that I can't. Yeah, you know? So totally. it's, very, um, it's very reaffirming of, of what we were trying to do and trying to, um, you know, create a, some sort of environment where people can connect with it. And I the, the messages that we get that I think I like the most are the ones where they say, um, I couldn't talk to my parents or I couldn't talk to my friends about it, Mm -hmm. or I couldn't tell my sister-in-law who's got five kids Mm -hmm. about it. So I just said, watch this movie. Mm. And then now they get it. Mm -hmm. Like those are the messages to me. It's like, Oh, it is connecting people and it's helping people communicate. Um, so that, you know, those reactions I, I find really special. Yeah. And I think, I, mean, I, I think, you know, I, I started writing a blog a long time ago. It's I, like 2012. I okay. still write a little bit called Don't Count Your Eggs. And and I didn't, I mean, I'm not tech savvy at all. Like, I don't know how to do any of this. So I, I don't know why I really still, I think it was like, <laughs> so your mom could like read something. Yeah. Um, well, you got tired of like writing the same email to, yeah, to, like, to like, people, tell people. So, so like, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just happening. do this. Yeah. But I didn't think that like, I didn't expect a lot of people to read it or anything like that. But then as people really started to share and I feel Mm. like that idea of storytelling or the need to sort of express and just let out some of this stuff, it's a trauma narrative really. The film is really a trauma narrative or our trauma narrative because it's, you kind of go through and you're trying to make coherent sense out of something of chaos of something that just doesn't make any sense or that's not logical or that in our culture you work hard at something, you pay money for something, it's supposed to, you're the best doctor or whatever. Like yep. that's, you know, there's an equal sign at the end of that. Yep. That is a smiling, happy baby. And there's no, it's not about deserving. It's not about who has the most, right. you know, this, that, or the, maybe the most good eggs or something. But, but really it doesn't, there's no logic, you know. And so um, just when I started writing and just hearing all of these different stories and, and it was, what was most interesting to me were people in different, countries or different parts of the world yeah. that are like it's not legal here to do yeah. this so i have to go to here to get this or i'm single and yeah. you know bec- i had to have my friend pretend he was my husband just so yeah. i could get you know and like all this stuff and you're like wow it just 
it is it is a very new world yes you know with all of this stuff um but the emotional struggle and the feeling of really wanting something and falling short of it constantly mm-hmm. and just the anxiety and that sort of like you know emotional roller coaster and you know whatever else it's it's just really consistent in all different cultures and all yeah. different places and um you know, and, and people want to share that and make sense of, of that. And so, right. like, I love getting the emails and, you know, reading, you know, people's stuff. And then I go, oh, my gosh, we didn't have it that bad. Or, wow. But, you know, you totally. kind of, you start to totally. open up a little bit. And, you know, we we did kind of get to the end of the line in terms of third-party reprodu- reproduction. And so how we resolved this, our crisis. Um, but, you know, we had access and there are people yeah. who can't afford it or people who it's not legal or people who, you know, are shamed. Mm-hmm. Or her husbands won't participate in anything donor related or whatever yeah. else, you know, and so their marriage is at stake, you know. So I think there's just a lot in there that is is interesting. So can we talk about how you guys ended up having a baby sure sure it's a little bit of a spoiler but it's okay it's worth watching the film anyway um so you ended up using a donor embryo um can you talk a little bit about that process we get a lot of questions about this and we haven't gone through it ourselves um and don't know a ton about it um so i'd love to just kind of hear from you guys about what that was like yeah so um you know, there are a couple, it's hard. There's not, there are a lot of embryos that exist. Not a lot of them are sort of up for donation. Right. You know, in the sort of choices that people make, donating to science or donating or destroying them or donating to another couple. Donating to another couple is probably the least popular choice because it's still, you know, there's a, a weirdness to it yeah. in some ways. You know, and I get that. I think when we were deciding, you know, when we, thought we'd have embryos yeah you know we checked the box i think we donated to science yeah if we had any leftover um because that seemed right to us or whatever but it's a really personal choice and it's not the best choice for everybody but i think when you get to this point of you know one door closes so after sort of donor eggs for us closed or with my sister closed you look at what you have left so what you have left emotionally we we were in this rate for four years by the time we got to that point right what do you have left financially what do you what is your relationship have left yeah (laughs) you know and what's important to you What what are the values that you have and for everybody that's different so for us it really was you know i really wanted to carry we we've mm-hmm. always been open to adoption but the for me honestly like the the thought of having to do the paperwork after yeah all of this and having somebody some social worker and i am a social worker but like having somebody come into my home and tell me that my you know banister wasn't high right you know, i was like right no like right I, or making a pamphlet like that just felt like too much for me yeah could we have gotten there sure right but, we also, we wanted to get out of this as yep. fast as possible. Yep. We needed something we could afford. Yep. And at the end of the day, the genetic piece just didn't seem that important. Yeah. You know, you don't wake up one morning going like, oh yeah, who cares? And let's just do this. But it's a little bit of a process. Mm-hmm. And I think when I came across these embryos, so I think that's another piece, like how do you find yeah. a donated embryo? And um, there is a place... Um, in Florida called like 
National Embryo Donation Center or something like that. Okay. Um, there are some places that are more religious based, mm -hmm. Snowflake, something or that. That didn't feel like a good fit for us. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really go out seeking a donated embryo. So it, it kind of happened. So I had a doctor that um, referred me to this clinic in Seattle that had f a frozen egg bank because frozen eggs are cheaper than a fresh cycle with a fresh donor. Okay. So he thought it was like $8,000. Let me tell you, it's not $8,000. <laughs> but I was like, $8,000? Right. You know, right. It's basically free. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, I called this clinic and, and had this conversation and it was like more than double eight thousand dollars and I was like, ah, that's not right good. And I don't know, we just started talking and then I asked, Do you have embryos that are already made? And then I asked about having something that was my ethnic mix. It's you know, it's when I say that I I think people comment like, Who cares? What does it matter? And it, it it doesn't necessarily matter, but I yeah. think in this process, there are things that you still feel you, you want to connect to in some way. Right. And so for me, I, I just asked, I said, do you have anything that's half Japanese? Yeah. And she called it the pantry. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so she's like, well, let me look in the pantry. And she actually did. And so she sent profiles. And so the embryo was created with a, uh, an egg donor from their egg bank. Okay. And then the sperm of the, of a husband, the sperm of a husband is that the word? yeah the, um, of an infertile couple, so they use an egg donor. So it's a little bit okay. removed from that specific couple. Got and it. There's something about that that I liked also. Yeah, it was just like a third step. Yeah, you know, and um, and this egg donor had three of her own children and had mm. was a shared cycle and had other successful pregnancies. So for some people, that's like oh my gosh, and then you have all these half siblings and that's weird. For me, I was like that's success totally. <laughs> so totally. you know, it's all a lot of this is just perspective, right? Yeah. It's how you like think of it and how you translate weird into interesting and different into cool and awesome, right? And right. I think that's the that's the process everybody's got to go through to get on board and to. Um, to sort of let go of the shame of it or the fear of it yeah. and to really feel sort of proud and excited, you know? And so, um, but it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But anyway, so when we sort of found this embryo, I was like, bingo. And the donor was five foot 11. So I was like, that's an upgrade. Mm -hmm. I'm five foot four <laughs> on my license. I'm five foot six, but I'm actually right. five foot four. Um, you know, and that's so- That's the first time I've ever heard you admit that. Is it? <laughs> now it's on the public no. record. <laughs> I lied. Well, I maybe I'm like I, I think a five five and a half sure. is what I've always you tell attached you. to. But <laughs> anyway, um, so it just it felt like a good fit to me. Yeah, and I was like, okay, these things are available. We yeah. don't have to find a donor. These yeah. things are less expensive, which I hate saying because it's like we took the cheap option to make our kid. But when you already spent fifty grand in yeah. four years, you're right. like, no, this matters. And um, and they were health. They made a healthy child, and yeah. you know, and so it just felt right. And, and they were in Seattle, which is his hometown. They were made the year we started trying, two thousand ten. So I was like, okay, there's something in the universe. Yeah, that feels totally. Right. So that's how we came across these embryos. Now, that's not how, if you're seeking a donor embryo, that's probably not the route you'll take, right? Mm. So that would be more asking your clinic first if they have anything. Yeah. And um, there's another company called Embryo Options that I know is working um, uh, to sort of give information about embryo disposition and okay. they're, they're, you know, and so, you know, so it's like looking at some of these agencies going to different clinics. I mean, that's how it's done now. I think there'll be more, um, 
more work to figure out better ways to yeah. get embryos out there. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, so we've, I sort of found the embryos and, but then it took a little while for him to wrap his head around yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to ask Noah, what was the process for you like? Um, you know, I think the, like the first reaction you have if, you know, going, I always have to qualify this, like, you know, going through uh, infertility together, you know, we were, it was very much like, it's not your problem, it's our problem, it's mm-hmm. not my problem, it's our problem. But when you get down to like somebody's genetics, yeah, you're like, my genetics are cool. <laughs> right. Like, I'm good. Right. <laughs> like, right. why can't we use me? I yeah. like me. Yeah. Um, and, and so that your first reaction is like, well, okay, just cause, just because things are challenging for your bits, like why am I counted out? Yeah. And I don't know that there was ever like an answer other yeah. than, well, this will work. We know right. this way it'll work. Right. But we and don't know, but it was the best chance. It was, a, it was our best chance. And I think then I took a step back and it was like, okay, well, why are genetics important mm. to me? Yeah. And really it's because, yeah, like ego. Yeah. You know, but also like I got flat feet and, <laughs> you know, I've, I probably think I'm a better athlete than I really am. <laughs> And I was smart early on, but I don't think I'm that smart now. So, like, what what's the upside? So, right. let's gamble on somebody else. Um, you know, and if they're, like, you know, at least semi-good looking and semi-smart, like, we'll be fine. And I, I think for me, then I kind of got around to, like, oh, this this can give us our family. This, yeah. could, this could be the answer that we need. And... That at the end of the day for us, you know, it's not going to be that way for everybody. But at the end of the day for us, like that was the most important thing. Right. We wanted to get off this horrible roller yep. coaster and we wanted to start our family and like continue our lives. Like we yeah. were so like a hundred percent in it underwater. Yeah. Every conversation. And we talk about this in the movie. It's like every conversation is like, this sucks. When are we doing this? Yeah. When do we have to do the next thing. So like, we want to get out of this. Yeah. And if this gives us this chance to have a family and have our lives back, like I'm not going to be the one that says like, Oh, I hope it has my eyes. So let's hold right. out. Right. Um, and yeah. So I, I think I just got like really pragmatic and like yeah. realistic about it. Um, and you know, she kind of looks like me. She really does. <laughs> it's like bizarre. <laughs> she looks like both of us. Except she's blonde and a giant. <laughs> um, so once you kind of identify these embryos, what is the process like to actually get them? It's a frozen transfer. So, and um, you and you just say, sorry, you just say to the clinic, "I would like these embryos," and they say, "Great, give us this money, and you can have them." That's basically it. Yeah, it might be slightly different now, um, but it was a little more, I think, laxed or like casual it's interesting when, when you do something it. in a d- different state because then you oh, can really see the different culture around you know like i i kind of feel like out here and i don't know i only had one doctor out here I, yeah we, we we did sort of interview or go for like a second opinion at one point but we ended yeah. up staying with the same doctor um and it, he was a really good fit for us mm-hmm. but I, and I think that's really important you know because i don't think every doctor is a good fit for me but i feel like there's just an intensity to things out here 
that just wasn't in Seattle. Oh, They're interesting. Like, oh, yeah, come on back. And I'm like, do you want me to tell you my birthday on my wristband? Right, <laughs> or, like, right, 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 like, oh, no, they, they know you're coming. And I'm just like, well, okay, you know, but. Um, I think that's also very, like, Northwest attitude yeah. and, like, way of being. Whereas here, it's just like everything is very buttoned up and we're going to do this now. And we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just oh, a come on back. Vibe. Right, right, right. Um, but so the process is a frozen embryo transfer, which should be simple. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem with me and my body and my ovaries is that it, it just, nothing's ever easy. So you're yeah. monitored out here. Okay. So my doctor monitored me here and then I was going to go up for the transfer, but yeah. it was like, they put me on Lupron and then I created more follicles on Lupron than I did on tons of Menopure. Oh, you know, okay. And the doctor's like, this is weird. This, I'm like, is that, you know, <laughs> this happens in 5% of the, right, you know, right, whatever else. Right. So we got canceled. We had to push back. There was a lot of like buying more meds and having uh, to redo, you know, and that yep. kind of stuff. But, um, but that just, that, that's just my body and and so we've actually been working to transfer this two embryo there were two embryos yeah so we've been working to transfer the other one so i'll go on friday to see if i'm a go but we you know we've been trying since like june in different oh, wow. ways you okay. know but it just like you know i have a cyst or i have the, it just yeah that kind of annoying stuff but in terms of what the process is it's just a frozen embryo okay they're there you do the estrogen progesterone yeah you fly up some lady in a white coat knocks you up yeah. and then you pray. <laughs> right? Yeah, That's totally. It. Um, and you guys are working on a follow-up to the film. We're trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. We're developing something. Uh, it would not be a like personal. Here's, here's we don't, I don't want to do another personal. Journey. Okay. <laughs> another out of pocket personal. Yeah. Journey. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, you know, just this experience and, the film and you know now working in this sort of field yeah. in a way i think it just has opened up a lot of issues um mm. and a lot of things that i feel strongly need to be discussed and i think part of that and again we're still kind of developing this but it's the idea of delving more into third party reproduction mm -hmm. and this idea of you know reproductive rights and advocacy and you know and patients rights and i feel very strongly about that i mean i'm a you know, obviously like benefited, you know, yeah. from having, you know, certain availabilities and stuff like that. But I think there's a little bit of a disconnect when it comes to then the, the rights of the child conceived mm -hmm. in this way. And mm -hmm. what does that mean? And what mm -hmm. does it mean to be donor conceived? And mm -hmm. the, the first donor conceived with egg, sperm donor has been around a lot longer, but yep. um, with egg donors, like these these children are now adults, thirties, yep. forties, you know, but that's how that it's just so it, it's, it's new in a lot of yeah. ways. And so what, what does anonymity mean and what does it yeah. mean to come into the world in this way? And what should people tell their kids? And I think what's become really interesting to me as a therapist now is, you know, a lot of people don't disclose to their children and they mm. you know, and that's in an age where you could spit in a, tube and send it in and yeah. find out you have half brothers and say like this doesn't work anymore yeah. and what does it tell your kids and what is the sort of shame like the culture of shame i feel needs yeah. to really be changed and that starts 
you know, that starts, that, that's an examination of culture, right? right? And right. that starts in the doctor's office. If a doctor says to somebody, oh, you'll, you know, we'll get an editor, nobody has to know. You know, if somebody says that, yeah. that's immediately saying there's shame in there, yeah. you know, and that, you know, your kid needs to know what if there's a medical thing? What if, you know, right. and you don't really want to sort of remember the moment you find out, you know, that, totally. so that you're, you know, not genetically related and so I just think that there's something in there that needs to be explored in a different way and I think it's it's less about us um you know we we kind of like to use ourselves as a personal sort of spine to Mm -hmm. these projects because I think it it's a connection point yeah Um, but I think it's kind of a bigger um exploration so we're just trying to figure it out at this stage do you think you would have completed the film if you hadn't had a child? Yeah, we had a we had a plan, a backup B. plan of how to complete the film. I think I'm trying to remember like time wise, like where we were. We were pretty close to like it was the being donor egg done so. with it. Like if, mm-hmm. if that didn't work, then we were going to go to Plan B and um, you know tell really tell somebody else's success story mm, okay um, such a crappy conversation it was it was a it was like one of those like yeah. okay where does this go because at that point like we'd been we'd been cutting the film and mm. it like had it was starting to look like something yeah and we just sort of i i'd set this like chunk like the last five minutes of the movie i knew was going to be like when this works <laughs> yeah like this will be you know what the last five ten minutes of the movie are like and then we kind of had this moment where we're like, okay, if it doesn't work, I think what is that? And, you know, we wanted to, I mean, if, when you watch the movie, you see there's lots of places that are funny and then like twice as many places that are sad. Yeah. And we didn't want to end with us being like, oh, okay, I guess we got nothing. Right. Um. So we had, you know, we had this plan for you know something like a a positive end that was like even though it didn't work for us it worked for something else yeah and it would have it would have been different because it would have been a definitely a twist because it wouldn't have been about it wouldn't have ended with our story yeah um but uh but yeah we got to the point where we're just like okay i don't i don't want to i don't want to make this movie for seven years right um and yeah so for a number of factors like running out of money to do uh, oh, everything everything Ever. like procedures and make a movie and do this and um yeah i think just psychologically i was ready to be like done with yeah working yeah i think that conversation happened after the cycle with my sister didn't work mm-hmm. right. because that we were banking on we that. thought that was, that was like that yeah. was the end yeah. that was the baby like you know and then we were like oh my god like that and so we, that's why we you, you we follow Candace um, yeah. and Tommaso a bit more. They adopted, you know. And so in our heads, adoption does work. It's challenging, and there are you know I'm not going to say it's easy. I hate when people say well, just just adopt. Yeah, like they, totally. Babies fall from the trees, but but that was the story. That was a success story. Yeah, you know. And so we thought maybe it'd end open with us. Not that you know. There was nothing but that we just had to stop at some point. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why we followed, started following them a little bit more. We we're like, call Candace, we got to go back in case this doesn't work out. Right. right. I remember having a conversation and being like, wait, seriously? <laughs> like, is this not going to work out? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we also, like, the people that we interviewed had, they were on the the backside of their 
journey. You know, right. they had their kids right. or they right. didn't, you know, it's like these, they had the, um, the results. And then Candace and Tommaso were still, when we met them, they were further along in their process, but like they, they didn't they have were the still kid doing yet. things. They didn't yeah. have the kid yet. So we thought like, oh, okay, if this doesn't work, then they, they could be a way to, to wrap it up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, to Maya's point, it wasn't like, you know, the just adopt thing. Um, even though it was successful for, for them, there's no like just about, there's no just about any of the just do IVF. Just totally. Do, yeah, we heard all of it. I'm sure you've heard it too. It's like, yeah. just do this. Like, mm, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that seems like a good note to end on. <laughs> um, where can people find you guys? Hiding well, in our yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, is no. our website for your one more shot film.com? Okay, uh, is the, the main site, and that'll give you all the info and links that you need. Um, Netflix, uh, one more shot on Facebook, or one more shot film. Um, somebody was ahead of the curve on Twitter and got one more shot film, <gasps> so it's one more shot doc okay. on Twitter, all right. which I know throws people off, but um, yeah, and, and then Maya's everywhere else. I'm I'm nowhere. No, I'm. Uh, it's just my name is my website. So okay. it's, it's mayagrobel.com. Okay, great. And this will all be in the show notes as well. Cool. So, well, thanks you guys thanks for having me to talk to you. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I hope you all enjoyed the interview. If you like the interviews, let us know. We can... Try to arrange more. Yeah. Uh, honey, back to the emails. Yes, dear. How much time do we have? Uh, how long is the interview? About 25? Yeah. We probably have about 15 more minutes or so. Okay. Um, then I'm going to read this email. <sighs> Sorry. She's, she's having a lot of uh, motility, verbal. I'm worried about her. You are? Yeah. Oh. You're having some issues. Don't honey. be worried about me. Okay. Um this is from Audrey. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dorian, Matt. I'm sending you big fertile vibes and hope your retrieval went well and you're both in good spirits. Mm. It didn't go well, no. but we're both in okay spirits. I started listening about two weeks ago and binged the whole thing. You oh, actually boy. played my voicemail last week when I'd made it up to episode 48 with the guy <laughs> who needed to make friends. Uh, that's amazing. I'm really rooting for you guys and struck by how open and honest you've been throughout all of this. I joined the group recently and about two days after I'd finally caught up on the podcast, I discovered quite unexpectedly that I am pregnant. Mazel. I have one non-science baby and this will be number two. I felt a mixture of guilt, panic and excitement when I found out just after. Congratulations, Dory. Just after listening. That's how you find out you're pregnant now. To, to all you've been through and seeing on the group so many other struggles. My question is this. What if any announcement on social media is acceptable and not hurtful? Is that possible? What would you want to see from a friend or acquaintance announcing their pregnancy? Is there a way of wording or acknowledging the hardship of others that would feel welcoming and kind? Or is any pregnancy or both announcement, oh, I think she means birth announcement, triggering and hurtful? My husband and I moved to a very small town a few years ago, so we live far from much of our friends and family. So social media has been a great tool for keeping in touch. 
but I hesitate to post something knowing it will cause pain to others who I don't even know are struggling. I love the podcast and wish you and all the other excellent adventurers all the best in your baby having journeys with love, Audrey. Uh, I mean, I don't think you need to really cater. Yeah, I agree. I think you just, you know, do whatever you're comfortable with. If you want to say, hey, we're having another one. Yeah. Great. Good for you. If you want to say, boy, oh boy, guys, this is way too easy. Another bun in the (laughs) oven. That's probably weird. (laughs) Uh, so, I mean, just, you know, yeah, just say whatever it, you're comfortable saying. Keep it straightforward. Yeah, straightforward. No one's going to begrudge you for having your baby. Uh, don't post an ultrasound picture. Oh, yeah. Correction. Uh, the way not to do it is to say, boy, this is easy. Another bun in the oven. Here's an ultrasound photo. <laughs> Great way to do it is like um, having your existing child standing there and then putting like a, putting like a number two pillow next to it i don't know yeah, I, made, I made that up you know my sister posted on instagram um with her daughter reading a book about like being a big sister cute and i was like oh that's cute um yeah so there's a lot of uh very easy tasteful ways to do it you don't have to like uh, be worried yeah that it's going to offend anyone yeah and we say don't post an ultrasound picture just because they're annoying uh yeah that's it yep but congratulations congratulations we are happy for you we and are. uh i'm delighted welcome uh welcome back into the pregnancy fold people who are in it we aren't i don't know how i can welcome anyone into something i'm not in <laughs> i'm gonna play another voice welcome now. to mensa okay see what i did there? all right same thing hi matt and dory this is courtney and i have been listening to your podcast for over a year now, um, I started listening um, when I, my husband and I started our IVF process last year um, after five failed IUIs. Um, we are both 29, and we were diagnosed with male factor infertility. Nice. Um, my husband had um, low count was the main issue with his. Um, I actually just paused the podcast to call because I was listening about the American colectomy, and that is a procedure that my husband had done as well. I'm not sure where the year is coming into play as far as um, the delay um, in the process. My husband had his done in February, and we went through IVF in August. To be completely honest, we never did have his count checked after um, the surgery just because we went um, into the IVF, and it worked. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm 28 weeks pregnant right now with our first child. Congratulations. Um, but our urologist said it would be three months um, until the new sperm would be produced at that point um, to you know, help with the account options. So again, not sure how relevant it is because I don't have all the medical facts behind it, but I don't, I'm just curious where the year is coming from. That's well, coming um, again, from our, our acupuncturist who is know, not really a doctor. Six months out and um, seemed to show improvement. Obviously they had what they needed to do um, as far as ICSI went, but Anyway, still wishing good things for you guys, and good luck. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, no, literally, that's coming. Our my urologist had said it would be six months, mm. um, and so that was in our head. And then the year came from the uh, from our uh, lovely acupuncturist, and I don't know if it was offhand and then i'm spinning it out like it's fact but uh that's where it came from 
Okay. Thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, honey? I don't really have any. I think if you want to do it, you should do it. I, I'm, I'm. I don't want to do it. Okay. But I will. You know, if I have to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I just bought some walnuts, actually. Oh, good. Because those are those those help. We have we have a whole bag of them in the kitchen. Well, you know, put them out so I can see them, and then I'll eat them. Okay. That's what I do with food. I see. Um. All right. This email is from Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Hey, Matt, I enjoyed hearing about all your jobs on episode 72, mm-hmm. but particularly enjoyed the bits about working at Charles River Labs. Yes. But when you said they were the number one provider of animals to research labs, it made me wonder, did you guys ever have a beef with Jackson Labs? <laughs> were you rivals? I patronized both companies in my time as a molecular biology tech, but mostly if I could get it at Jack's, that's where I went. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, how dare you? But Charles River always took way longer to ship the animals. Because we cared. Yeah, I'm trying to stir the pot. Ain't no fight like an academic researcher fight. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. We, I don't know that we had a beef. Uh, or at least uh, it was probably an unspoken beef that we had. Um, but, uh, you know, I have to say, those those animals were very well cared for before they went over to you guys to be destroyed. Um, no. We, the great facilities... And uh, you know, morally questionable, maybe, but it was a it was a very decent paying job for a young for a young buck like myself. Time and a half on Sundays. Oh, come on! Can't ask for anything more. Unbelievable. Did they give you double time on like holidays? Yeah, I mean, we'd have to come in like we'd come in on Christmas and stuff. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I do. The rats, the rats aren't like we got to stop drinking. It's Christmas. No, no, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know from Christmas. Do they even know it's Christmas? Yes, that song was actually about the, the, <laughs> the rats, rats at Charles, at Charles River Laboratories <laughs> in beautiful Westford, Massachusetts, I believe. Westford? Yeah, I think it's. Oh, I think it's in Westford. For some reason, I was picturing it in Cambridge. Sure, I mean it's Charles River Labs. Yeah, I'm sure you thought it. Where was. is Westford? Uh, it's on 93. It's probably exit 43. That means 42. nothing to me. What's it near? Uh, Lowell. Oh. Andover. North Andover. Mm. Westford. Not that familiar with the northern suburbs of Boston. I know. That's my jam, though. I'm more western suburbs. Yeah, no, not me. I was mm. a, definitely a, like a Chelmsford, Drake, Bill Ricca kind of guy. No. In addition to Lowell, of course. Not me. Yeah. Westford. Great. Westford Regency. Never even heard of Westford. That's so weird. <laughs> it's very weird to me. Is it even in Westford? Now I'm like you're quite I'm questioning that. Cause I guess you could guess get to Westford on four ninety five and ninety three. You know what? I'll allow it. Okay, great. Um well that just about wraps it up. Honey, great job. Thank you. Uh, you too. Enjoy your unemployment. Thank you. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. If you'd like two bonus episodes a month, ten, it's only going to cost you $10. Yeah, it's only 10 bucks. Uh, you know, they charge the first of the month, so as soon as that first charge goes through, you're going to have access to the whole back catalog, and there's an RSS feed to let you know when everything's been updated. Yep. So you'll see new episodes pop up in your podcatcher if you subscribe to it as such. So thank you, everyone, mm-hmm. for being Patreon listeners. Yep. And uh, I want to apologize to Mary for mispronouncing her name. Where was it? It's on the first page. Was it Mary? Yes. Uh, Mary, me, hi, love. M- my, hi, love? Me, hi. 
I think it's Mihai Love. Oh, Mary, thank you, and I'm sorry again for Dory's uh, reading of your phonetic spelling and also my interpretation. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Talk to you next week. And, well, if you're, if you're a Patreon supporter, we'll talk to you, like, really soon. Yeah, like, probably by tomorrow. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.